I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. because they have just seen David Goffin clinch victory in the opening rubber of this Davis Cup final, 7-5-6-3-6-1 over Luca Puy of France. A completely emphatic victory, an emphatic performance, one of a man completely burgeoning with confidence after his best ever season, after what he did at the World Tour Finals in London last week. I'm going to have to shout a little bit louder because these Belgian fans just aren't pointing down at all and why should they this could be a crucial crucial victory for them Luca Puy he played some good tennis today but he was a little bit disappointing in terms of his grit and his tenacity in all honesty yes Goffin played some sensational tennis to clinch that crucial first set but what was disappointing was how predictable it felt that Luca Puy gave away his serve at the start of the second and the third sets. This doesn't necessarily, I don't think, but a completely different complexion on the tie. It's the higher-ranked player, Goffin, beating the lower-ranked player, Puy, but it does certainly put an awful lot of pressure on the top-ranked Frenchman, Joe Wilfred Songa, and it alleviates the pressure on Steve Darcy of Belgium, and both of those two are expected out onto court for the second rubber of this Davis Cup final any minute now. Well, I'm standing now up in the gods amidst some of the French fans who are just as jubilant as the Belgians were earlier because they have just watched their number one man. 
Joe Wilfred Songa in fine, fine form to level up this Davis Cup final. One rubber apiece going into the doubles on Saturday. He's beaten Steve Darcy, the number two Belgian, 6-3, 6-2, And he was extraordinary today. He was every bit as good as Goffin was against Puy. He was bullying Darcy around the court. And frankly, it just wasn't the Belgians' day today. So... That does make things from a neutral's perspective, which, despite my one-eighth Belgianness, is exactly what I am this weekend. It makes things absolutely perfectly poised going in to Saturday. And uh, as the crowds depart this arena in Lille, there is still a pocket of French support, which I don't think is going to be going anywhere anytime soon. They are singing their hearts out over there, and they are so pleased to see a hero in the form of Joe Wilfred Songa really, really bring things back for them because the atmosphere amongst the French was not good after that capitulation from Luca Puy earlier. So, Joe Wilfred Songa, the hero on Friday for France, and we go into Saturday at one rubber apiece. Wow, what an atmosphere that sounded like. Hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport. My name is David Law, a commentator for BBC Radio 5 Live and BT Sport. I'm joined after that opening day of action in the Davis Cup by BNP Paribas final by Catherine Whitaker, who is in the stadium. Catherine, that sounded like quite a day. bit quieter now, but someday. Yeah, I'm a shell of a woman after today. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, we we knew exactly what to expect in terms of the numbers, and yet somehow we didn't know exactly what to expect. I certainly didn't expect the press seats to be in the most vociferous segment of Belgian support. There were about 20 perfectly pleasant young Belgian men seated behind me who um, sat down at 2pm completely their right to uh, to be on the beers at 2pm but I did sort of my heart did sink when they started doing uh, very loud beery chants uh, about 10 seconds after sitting down and look had I had I been a fan I would have been all over it and joining in and but as somebody that was sort of trying to neutrally uh, get some get some work done it was quite a challenging atmosphere I may or may not have had to consume um, paracetamol <laughs> at, <laughs> at uh, various moments during the day. Yeah, it was, it was quite something. So even with your one-eighth Belgian-ness, you still managed to just 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 detach yourself enough to be professional and not, not get bevied up, basically. Yes, luckily my um, arsey face, my resting B-face, uh, enables me to uh, cling to an air of detachment even when my heart is singing for Belgium which of course it it wasn't but um, yeah (laughs) do you know what they were they were really by and large they were really good natured they joined in uh, with the French national anthem the Belgian national anthem was sung first and there's always that moment where you just don't know what's going to happen when an opposition national anthem is sung you know it's dreadful, but it is sadly not uncommon that opposition national anthems get booed. Luckily, the Belgian national anthem wasn't booed by the French fans, but I was in amongst the Belgians, so their responses were what I was 
experiencing most viscerally and I, I had a little moment of oh goodness I hope they don't boo or hiss or whatever and they sung it full throttle and that was just great it was I know, really we heard. great <laughs> fantastic <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I'm now uh, still inside the Pierre Moroy Stadium. It is completely deserted now. I'm in exactly the spot I was yesterday, and the atmosphere is exactly the same, except that I'm now surrounded by fan debris. You know, those sort of inflatable finger things that you get. They say, allez les bleus on them, because I'm uh, sat in a section that was uh, just minutes ago occupied by French fans. There are sort of some punctured ones of those scattered around the place, and and various different drinks receptacles. It's um, it's evidence of a very uh, enjoyable and uh, heartily lived uh, day of first day of the Davis Cup final 2017. Wow. Fantastic. Well, yes, I'm very f- familiar with that uh, that scene that you describe. Um, before we get on to the matches, Catherine, you, you, you talked about those anthems. And, I mean, they watching on TV, first of all, I always get pretty pretty emotional when I see an anthem sung the the way that the French team certainly were and the look in everybody's eyes all around you. But the look in the eyes of Nicolas Mahou and Julian Beneteau who were who were tearing up during that that ceremony was was really moving because you, we talked talked about it yesterday, but their emotions would have been twofold, wouldn't they? Because I think anybody gets moved by the the national anthem on the day ahead of a Davis Cup final. But for those two who'd basically been dropped at the last minute, that they were taking that really hard, weren't they? Yeah, it was a really tough watch. Of course, the camera sought sought them out courtside, uh, and they, <laughs> they got, I think, even more of a reaction than uh, you might have been expecting thank goodness they had one another you know there was this stoic solidarity about the two of them stood there embracing you know they had their arms around one another and and as uh, the team was led out onto court I think it was Pierre Huguerbert of the French team that walked out first um, it was actually Mahou I think that squeezed Beneteau's arm really tightly and Beneteau was the first one to to really go tears wise and Mahou you know had had the tears in his eyes but but managed to hold himself back from from full-on sobbing but I mean obviously they want to be there supporting the team but there will definitely be a part of them that also would just want to be under a duvet watching it you know as far away from this stadium as possible and I think if they want France to win without question they want France to win but equally they surely there has to be a human part of them that 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 wants Yannick Noah to feel some regret in not choosing them how could they no one is so magnanimous to 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 not want Noah to to feel that at at some point obviously you hope that he feels that and and that they all get to experience victory i'm sure that's what they're hoping but surely they have to to feel a, a, a twinge of that somewhere. Yeah, I, I I can well imagine that. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. 
Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in, being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Now, the first rubber... David Goffin, straight sets over Luca Puy and a relatively close first set, but thereafter he, he was dominant. And that was, I was surprised at the, the nature of how one-sided that was. Um, what, what were your views? I was absolutely surprised by how that match played out from five all in the first set onwards. You know, it was a match. David Goffin was playing playing brilliantly and uh, he continue, he maintained that level throughout the match, which is something that Luca Puy is unable to do. And it's hard not to put that down to, to, to some kind of mental frailty. You know, he came into press afterwards and fronted up to the French media and he said that David Goffin played a perfect match today that he picked up right where he left off uh, from the ATP finals and literally described it as a perfect match now it, it, it wasn't far off from Goffin but I personally think he's letting himself a bit off the hook there by saying it was a perfect match you're kind of implying nobody could have done anything today and the fact is Goffin was playing that great tennis in the first set and Puy was toe-to-toe with him and uh, as uh, as I said in the immediate aftermath of the match unfortunately you know as well as Goffin played to win that first set it then felt a little too predictable that Puy dropped his serve right at the start of the second and then again right at the start of the third. You know, there, were, there was there was a feeling of inevitability about that and and that's not what you want to see from, from the world number 18 playing for his country, representing his country with an inspirational figure like Yannick Noah on the side. You just, I don't know, just wanted a, a bit more grit from him I wanted to find something in himself that we've not seen before or perhaps only saw in that five setter against Nadal at the US Open I was disappointed not to see something more from Luca Puy today he he may very well have still lost the match to a sensational David Goffin but he he could have found more fight 
Now, when I was watching on the sidelines, uh, I, I was interested to see the dynamic between Luca Pui and Yannick Noah. I, I spoke about yesterday how, to me, Noah is one of the most charismatic and inspirational figures that I've ever met um, in tennis or outside of tennis. But I didn't see an awful lot of discussion going on between the two of them. I expected to see Noah a lot more involved. Yeah, you're, you're right. And uh, ne- neither of them were, were drawn on it uh, after the match in particular. But you, you're absolutely right. I mean, and obviously everybody has their different styles. You know, we saw it with the next-gen gen finals didn't we with with the availability of headset coaching some of them loved it and exploited that as much as they possibly could and some of them obviously decided nah that's not for me I don't want to use that and maybe Luca Pui is somebody who does want to be in his own headspace during a match and and you know you have to respect that however Yannick Noah as we discussed yesterday he's a difference maker he in a finely poised tie he is such a unique character a uniquely inspirational man that he can be a difference maker uh, when all other things are equal and to to not even a, even really attempt to use that I think is is missing a trick how can that not be missing a trick yeah no it was a surprise but at the same time Luca Puig described David Goffin's performance as the perfect match you you've gone along with that I'd I'd like to pay tribute to him in a way because I think it's very easy to sort of not really take too much notice of what Goffin is doing out there and focus on maybe somebody letting themselves down on the other side of the net. We saw that at times. I mean, look, he beat Nadal, he beat Federer last week and, and the talk was those guys had lost. But actually, Goffin, I mean, what a player he's becoming. Yeah, absolutely. Seven, seven in the world and playing at least like seven in the world. There was something, there was something different about him today. This wasn't a guy playing out of his skin, having the match of his life. This was a guy who felt like he was playing the way that he's always known he can play, brimming with confidence. There was no letdown from him, no letdown at all. And that, as I said, was a huge contrast between he and Luca Pui. He believed, when he was redlining it, he wasn't thinking, oh goodness, how long can I can I keep this up for? I've just got to hang in for dear life and try try and uh, try and keep it up for as long as possible. He knew that he could do it. He could keep it up for as long as as was necessary. And that's a different David Goffin mentally. That's a David Goffin that that believes in his ability. And uh, look, his stature is always going to hold him back from being, you know, he's don't think he's ever going to be a multiple Grand Slam champion, but I think people might potentially be revising upwards now what they thought his potential could be. Yeah, I, I, th- I can agree with that. And, and you know, mate, we talked about whether uh, Davis Cup might be the launch pad for, for Luca Pui. Well, now, he's a top 10 player, is David Goffin. He's he's ever moving upward. Now, it could end up being the launch pad for him, couldn't it? <laughs> well, there's two full days of tennis to come, David. But absolutely, yes. What's going to be interesting is whether or not he plays the doubles tomorrow. There's a lot of speculation that he very well will. I suspect it would be Delure that would make way for him. Surely you've got to go with, with the, the higher-ranked player, Bemelmans, alongside Davy Goffin. That's something that we can discuss uh, in a little while. But, yeah, absolutely, this, this I mean, 
this is big time now for David Goff, and he is in his prime. This is it. This is his moment. You know, the next year, two years, and to have this opportunity at the start of it to experience potentially leading Belgium, his country, to a Davis Cup title. I mean, what better position could he be in as as a player to try and maximize his potential very exciting and and as you say a big a big decision coming up now um for 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 belgium and and also for for france as well with this davis cup doubles coming up and you said it yesterday you you can't see the davis cup doubles being anything other than crucial to this tie and it's feeling that way with the scoreline tied at one all because joe wilfred songer he was at his absolute best today, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. It was emphatic um, from Songa. I mentioned that, you know, the pressure was on him after Luca Puy uh, n- not only lost, but I think deflated a little the atmosphere inside this arena. The pressure was really on him, but he didn't look at it like that. He looked at it as his opportunity to sort of ride in and be the hero of the day to do what, well, what Steve Smith <laughs> so crushingly did uh, last night uh, down in Brisbane you know gave gave France a lifeline for the day kept it alive kept it exciting for Saturday you know in his press conference said it's what all the neutrals want isn't it everybody wants Saturday to be exciting we're now guaranteed at least one live rubber on Sunday which is ideal for for us lot us neutrals so very well done Joe Wilfred Songer it was exactly what he was asked to do by his captain and and there's no shame on Steve Darcy for for his drubbing I don't think because Joe Wilfred Songer playing his best is better than Steve Darcy even at his very very inspired Mr Davis Cup best so you know the, the form book played out and uh, yeah we're, we're in for a very exciting day of doubles tomorrow I think and for those uh, non-Australian English or cricket fans who's Steve Smith? None of those none of those listen to us I don't think we're, uh, uh, the Venn diagram of our listenership covers all of those three categories uh, is the Aussie Aussie uh, cricket captain that uh, rode into the Gabba on a on a on a horse last night and uh, gave the Aussies a lifeline when they were fully under the cosh uh, of the uh, England cricket team. Alas, but at least on the bright side, it, it makes things exciting for or will be exciting at three o'clock in the morning tonight. Indeed. Now this doubles match is to come tomorrow. I've been asking the opinion of the decision made by Yannick Noah. But Noah, I believe, has already been into his press conference after the singles, hasn't he? He has. Should we hear from him? I was hoping somewhere that uh, David would uh, play uh, in a lower level. He just, he was fantastic. He was just too good. Uh, and then I wanted Joe to to be the champion, and he, and and Joe played like a champion. Joe is very important. He's like the the number one. And he has to lead by example, which he did, which is the best thing he could do. Played a great game, didn't lose a set, was focused, even though a little tense, as you should be in the first few games of the match. But he was great, and um, we, we need Joe. Uh, so that was French team captain Yannick Noah. I went to his French press conference and... Uh, 
Yeah, it was it was punchy, punchy stuff. He never disappoints in in terms of you know facing a, a room full of journalists in 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 desperate need and want of a quote. He, I believe, he's been completely honest when he says he hasn't made up his mind as to who will play in the doubles for France tomorrow. He fully expects David Goffin to play for Belgium. He's he seems to think that that's a done deal. That you put your number one player if you're Belgian, in your doubles team. Now, if that logic makes sense for him, then surely he will be putting Joe Wilfred Songa into his doubles team because that's his number one player. He's a decent doubles player. He's actually got a better doubles record than, than Richard Gasco, I think, marginally. So I guess by his own logic, we might be expecting a substitution tomorrow, David. Could, could well do, and 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 actually, that's that's something that I love about this stage of of a tie when it's one all, and particularly given the way that the the captains have chosen their teams, specifically France, because they've got two or three singles players who can all play doubles as well. I mean, there there, there are a number of options there for Yannick Noah. I mean, I, I asked uh, on on Twitter at Tennis Podcast what people thought oh, good. of this. I thought I you know, I thought I just let people get get the, their views over. Uh, the the um there is still 18 hours left in this vote if you'd like to take part in pole vault and 83% of people think that Noah's decision was a bad one. Only 17% people who've responded have reckoned that he's got this right. And and just a, a few little snapshots of what people think. Ali reckons the key to beating Belgium is beating Darcy twice and winning doubles. Herbert and, I mean, you know, and after seeing Goffin today, I can see where she's coming from. Herbert and Mahou are the best doubles pair, plus they can play singles if needed. It's like the GB tie all over again. You remember that from a couple of years ago when Arnaud Clément... Yeah, um, I, do, I mean, look, I, I do... I. I I kind of tend to agree with that. And I think that's a really valid point. You know, it's not like, with all due respect to Jamie Murray, Herbert and Mahu are not Jamie Murray. These are guys with singles rankings inside the top 100. I think Mahu is, I think he is just, I think he is inside the top 100. Either way, these are guys that, you know, you wouldn't be ashamed to put out on a, out on a singles court to play a, a deciding rubber and reverse singles on Sunday. It is not, like putting a, a Mate Pavic in there or something. I, I don't know. There, there are plenty of examples out there. It is That is not the case with these French guys. Yes, they are higher ranked in doubles, but they are very, very handy singles players as well. They are. Linnot says, Herbert is very talented, but he can be flaky. And Mahou sees him through those dodgy periods. Can't see Gasquet doing the same. Or Levy says, unless Nico is injured or Nico and... Herbert are having a crybaby moment. It's a weird choice. Who chooses Gasquet for a big moment? Well, that's more brutal than anything I've had to say. But it does reflect the sentiments. You know, Joe Wilfred Songa today, he came out and he absolutely delivered when the pressure was on. And you you wouldn't want your your house or your life or your your anything else resting on... Richard Gasquet or Luca Puy doing that. You you might come Monday after one or both of them has proved themselves tomorrow and or Sunday. But at the moment, I, I think you would feel not particularly great about either one of those scenarios. And just imagine when they are listening to this right now, they're saying, right then, right then, 
I'm going to prove you all wrong. This is my moment. But that, but that is precisely the attitude they should have, isn't it? And I would love to see that. I would lo- love to. See. You think I'm flaky? You you think I haven't delivered in the biggest moments? I'll show you. I'll show you on on the biggest stage. That's the attitude you've you've got to have. And I know how easy it is for me to say from from up here, looking down on this incredibly intimidating stage on in this most finely poised of. Davis Cup finals I I know it's all very easy for me to say and these guys are doing their absolute best I realize that but you know we make a podcast to to give our opinions on on tennis and and that's that's what we're doing John Morris, who's actually the manager of Nick Kyrgios, has waded into the conversation. He says a captain with options will always go for an additional very good singles player who can play doubles rather than a very good extra doubles player who plays good singles. It's smart. That's from not Yannick. true, though, is it? I, I mean, that the, they sometimes will, but Yannick Noah himself has not done that. You know, in the past, he has usually gone with Mahou and Herbert. And then mm. two two singles players. So uh, it, it may well be the right thing to do. It may prove to be the right thing to do in this tie, but it's certainly not what they always do or what Yannick Noah always does or what smart captains in general always do because Yannick Noah himself has very much not always done that. It's going to be very, very interesting. It is, isn't it? I really can't wait for the doubles tomorrow. I can't wait. I'm going to close my eyes when, when the camera finds Mahu and... Benito on the sidelines though I'm not sure I can I'm not sure I can bear it I really can't have, have, uh, have Belgian given anything away as to what they might do no I think certainly uh David Goffin has said he's he's up for playing he's up for playing the doubles we can actually uh if you want to hear from the Belgian captain David we can do that we have the facility let's do it it's one of these days that you remember why at the young age you started to play tennis and why after career you started coaching because this is the moments what, what you what you dream of and uh, okay but still when you're out there you're thinking about the match and uh, but you try to enjoy but yeah from now on again tomorrow we'll, we'll go back and uh, it will be a fantastic atmosphere and uh, yeah, we'll try to enjoy and get a win it makes it even better. So that is Johan van Herk, the captain of the Belgian Davis Cup team. He has a fantastic dynamic, as far as I can tell, with, with all of his players. I'm not suggesting Yannick Noah doesn't. You know, they all speak wonderfully about Yannick Noah and and vice versa. But certainly in what you see on the court, it's very obvious the influence he has over his team. And I think he... Not just based on results, I think that would have been the, the the score he would have been expecting and hoping for at the end of today. But having seen that performance from Goffin, I think he's going to sleep quite soundly tonight. And I think probably he will name Goffin in the doubles tomorrow. And poor poor old Yoris Delors can go and take a seat alongside Nicola Mahou and uh, Julian Beneteau and they can all just have a little cry together. Now, before you go and uh, have, a, have, have a few um, winks of sleep before the big day tomorrow, ha- have you changed your mind at all as to who's going to win this tie based on day one? Because you said Goffin and Belgium would win this tie ultimately and win the Davis Cup for the very first time in their history. I think if things stay as as they are, I'm still sticking with Belgium. If if Tsonga was subbed in tomorrow, that might 
change my feeling. If if I were Yannick Noah, I'd be subbing Songa in. But of course, he's privy to information that I'm not. He said, incidentally, in the French part of the press conference, that he would be consulting uh, with Cedric Pelin and a number of other other people um, before making that decision. He said also he'd probably leave it till the very last minute. I think it's not until an hour before that they actually have to to name their team. So they don't always mean left that. Though, very do they? much. No, they don't. But I, I don't know. Something about the way he says it. I believe him, David. Mind <laughs> I believe him. Do you know what, though? He was asked a lot about um, about the crowd inside here tonight. And he was he was a little bit scathing, David. He said there were three. that, And actually, I, I've been checking Twitter to... I'm doubting my French now because he was so scathing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly concerned that I've... Uh, I've misinterpreted him and something's been lost in translation. But what I heard him say was he felt that there were three or four thousand French supporters. There were three or four thousand Belgian supporters. And then there were 20,000 spectators. Wow. Now, I, that might well be the case. Like, I, I had a, a slightly skewed view because I was sat right in the thick of it. And if, if that was the case, then those three or 4,000 on, on each side <laughs> were doing a very good job of making themselves sound like 27,000. It could be mind games from Yannick Noah. That could be his call to arms to the French fans coming tomorrow saying, there is no excuse for you being silent. It could be his way of saying... I could believe you know, that. I, I, I won't tolerate any single one of you not cheering at your absolute loudest for us. It could, that could very well be the be case. I would not be at all surprised. He, he and is and the if I character. have mistranslated, I am so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. But I am I'm pretty confident that's what was said. And I did look around the room and lots of journalists looked at one another in, in sort of surprise and consternation at, at, at what he was saying. He also was asked um, whether he had seen, whether he'd clocked the tears of Benito and Mahu whilst he was on the court for the anthems. And he admitted that he had and he said, I tried to forget the sight as quickly as I could. And, you know, it's very understandable, isn't it? He can't as heartless as it sounds, he can't be sat there preoccupied with a decision that, that's already been made. He has to get on with the task at hand. But, you know, an admission from him that he is fully aware of, of the magnitude of of the decision that, that he made yesterday. Wow. Fascinating. Che- cheese board now, Catherine, before you go to bed? Che- hang on. It's only... Uh, it's 10 to 8 here. There's time for... For more than one cheese board. Multiple I haven't had dinner yet, boards. so I could I could have a three course cheese board dinner. <laughs> Excellent. Well, you go Not and do that. Not ruling anything out, anyway. You go and do that. Come back bright and early tomorrow for the doubles rubber. Um, it all took. Hey, off. who do you think's going to play? Oh, who do I think's going to play? Oh, crikey! I think yeah, I think Songa and Gasquet will 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 be the doubles team. Um, Personally. Oh, whoa! You think Songa Gasquet, yeah, not yeah. Songa Mahu? I think Songa. I was Gasquet. thinking Songa Mahu. No, uh, so- oh gosh, I've, I've sorry, <laughs> sorry, Nicola. Not if it's you. Ma- if it's Mahu, so- then, Songa Herbert. <laughs> then I'm really confused. But, but no, I mean, I, I think it's going to be Songa and Gasquet, and I think I think you're right. I think Goffin will probably be brought in I think yeah Goffin will play the doubles I think he's feeling so good at the moment he, he'll think he can help the team to get that that vital point as he'll see it and particularly as, as Darcy struggled today um, but crikey it's exciting isn't it right uh, well listen you can follow it you can get a subscription to ITF TV if you want to watch it live streamed on the Davis Cup website you can also 
follow it on the BBC Sport app and the BBC Sport website. They've got live streaming there. So do make sure you tune in to this final of the Davis Cup by BNP Paribas. The doubles rubber is coming your way. We will be back with another tennis podcast in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport tomorrow. See you then. 